Jezebel tweeted. That's her handle, Jesse. Hey, Elijah, in 24 hours, you will die. That's 1 Kings 19 too. Jezebel declared, may the God strike me dead. God's plural, little g. May the God strike me dead. This is after Elijah had hashtag best day ever. <laughs> best day ever. Fuego, foo, fire, boom. Let's pray for rain, 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 seven times, seven times, rain. Then he runs against a Maserati and he wins. Best day ever. And then 1 Kings 19, 2, Jezebel, Ahab comes along and comes to his wife. and, Hey, honey, your entire team, your entire team has been wiped out. That guy with the mantle, that prophet, that Elijah character. And this is, the, this is it. Hey, Elijah, in 24 hours you will die. May the God strike me dead if by this time tomorrow you, you will be dead. Just like you did to my team. 1 Kings 19.2. That's your tweet. We have to juxtapose that threat with what took place in 1 Kings 19.19. Elijah went and found Elisha plowing a field. Elijah went over to Elisha, to him, threw his mantle across his shoulders and then walked away. I want to speak to you on the subject matter, Jezebel's tweet, the threat versus the testimony. The subtext is the following. When heaven starts at hell, cannot stop it. When heaven starts at hell, cannot stop it. Let me begin. If you're taking any notes tonight, and really good luck with that. I want to juxtapose her declaration, her post, using modern-day nomenclatures, with the mantle. Put that, that threat right next to the testimony. The mantle, the power of the Lord came on Elijah, 1 Kings 18, 46. Listen, let me preface by stating the obvious. 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19, they speak to this very hour. I was interviewed by a, a major uh, periodical in the United States recently. And I was asked, how can you contextualize our current social, political, moral, spiritual landscape? And I cross-referenced this biblical passage. I said, listen, we're living in the days just like the days of Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal. We're living in these days. If you're not privy to the story, Ahab was a horrible king. What well, we in California would deem as a mucho malo hombre. Jezebel was his wife and she was nasty on steroids. She hated the prophets, she persecuted preachers, she rejected truth. On the other hand, we find Elijah, God's chosen prophet, a man with a mantle, a mantle that served as his testimony. So here's the word simply stated in the 21st century coming out of the global pandemic in America, in New Zealand, all around the world, we can't deny the following. The spirit of Jezebel is alive and well. We can't. That spirit is persecuting, prosecuting, and attempting to silence the children of the cross. Jezebel represents the manipulative, sexually coercive, perverse, corrupt cultural spirit with all intentionality to kill the prophetic voices. Listen, if you have any prophetic inclination, Jezebel will come after you. 
the objective of the spirit of Jezebel is to construct Asherah poles in order to marginalize the oracles of righteousness and justice. A spirit that exploits the moments in our lives when we are exhausted. You missed that. You'll get it by tomorrow morning. <laughs> and for all of you who are maybe critical and go, well, that's Old Testament, really? Revelation 2.20. Revelation 2.20. This is the angel speaking, the angel of the Lord, to the churches. Ready? You're a great church. You're a church, Christians. You're a great church. You do great things for the community, great things for missions, but this one thing I have against you, you have tolerated the spirit of Jezebel. That's the church. Help us, Lord Jesus. <laughs> the spirit of Ahab is alive and well. Robbing love, killing joy, and destroying peace. As a matter of fact, Ahab represents forces with authority, governmental administrative authority that want us to sacrifice truth on the altar of expediency. In 1 Kings 16, 34, are you privy to the following fact? Ahab was the first king that gave permission for the rebuilding of the walls of Jericho. You missed that. No other king in Israel's history had the audacity to ever rebuild what God knocked out. This guy comes along and says, you know what? I'm going to be the first one to say, you know that thing that God knocked down? Rebuild it. Rebuild it. So what we're seeing around the world is the re-emergence of ideology, social constructs, belief systems that God already brought down. But Ahab is trying to resurrect it. In America, it is primarily made manifest via the conduit of the re-emergence of this perpetual racial discord. And my pushback on that is a constant reminder wherever I go, just reminding my fellow Americans that there is no such thing as a white church or a black church or a brown church or a yellow church or a red church. There's only one church, the church of Jesus Christ. The spirit of Baal is alive and well. And those that are those seminary graduates and if you're privy to historical, historical contextualization, you know very well, Baal, that ideology demanded children in and out of the womb be sacrificed on the altar, literally. There is a spirit coming after our children and our children's children. Like never before, it's coming after, no conspiracy, no hyperbole, Baal is coming after our children. I'm gonna get a little bit edgy here, but I hope you just provide some room. We need Elijah and Elijah to rise up. We don't need any more kumbaya Christianity and we don't need any more comfortable Christianity. We don't need any more politically correct Christianity. We don't need any more silent Christianity. We need a church that will rise up. Matter of fact, with great due deference, and not to this church, but to just a collective church, we, we pastors and preachers, and I'm preaching to myself, we need to take a minute away from preaching about breakthrough and the blessing, and we need to open up our mouths and tell the devil, get your hands off our children. Stop sexualizing our children. We need a church that'll rise up against pedophilia. We need a church that'll have the audacity to speak to our children and our children's children about everything the Bible states that is truth. Calm down, sunshine. 
So let me, he, let me share with you a deep seminary endorsed, biblically contextualized, Hebrew exegetically substantiated phrase. Hologram. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Which means what? I'm going I'm to double down on this. I've stated this before. I'm going to state it again because we need to. We need to, and we only we can exhibit this. We can man up. We can. Mm, mm, the, I don't care what. I, I was in the hotel watching the different news outlets from New Zealand and all the different things, and then cross referencing them with the other stuff coming in from BBC and CNN and everything else. Mm, <laughs> The most powerful spirit, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. That's an American colloquialism for what? Don't drink the Kool-Aid, which means what? The most powerful spirit on the planet, it's not what they say. The most powerful spirit on the planet is not Ahab. The most powerful spirit on the planet is not Jezebel. The, the most powerful spirit... The most powerful spirit on the planet is not Baal. Believe it or not, the most powerful spirit on the planet is still the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. If you believe it, praise like you have that spirit. If you believe it, shout like you have that spirit. If you believe it, worship like you have that spirit. Live like you have that spirit. Preach like you have that spirit. 1 John 2, 27. For ye have received the anointing, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of you. Hologram Sam last year <laughs> shared with you a moment, and I'd rather do it live in person because this, when we were locked down, well, I'm don't going to get, no political, I promise, no politics. But in California, in California, something happened that never happened before in American history. In California, my, my governor, bless his heart. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. The governor of California did something that no other governor had done in American history. You know, they locked down you know, churches in California. Churches were not as, you know, America's divided. You have free states and then you have, you have sheep states and you have goat states. I, I, I live in a goat state. <laughs> and and the, the, the governor, of never before, he, not only were churches shut down and not essential and all that, and, but then he came along and said that it was illegal. It is hereby, but through executive decree, illegal for you in your home to have a worship service even with your family and friends. That never happened before. He literally said by executive decree, you are not allowed to have any sort of worship service in your home, and then he was specific where you do the following, sing, praise, worship, or chant. The chanting part killed me. Because <laughs> the Rodriguez's get up every morning and go, ah, every morning, that's what we do, that's how we roll. <laughs> and so he literally, do your Google due diligence, make sure I'm not making it up. He literally said, I couldn't have a worship service with my family in my own home. Just want to remind everyone here, there's not an executive order. A presidential decree, a legislative initiative, there's not even a social media campaign that will, e that will ever have the power to stop 
the Spirit of God from moving. You can't cancel the Holy Spirit. I said you can't cancel the Holy Spirit. I said you can't cancel the Holy Spirit. You can't deplatform. You can't defund them. The Spirit of God cannot be stopped. There's a threat. Jezebel has a threat. But we have a testimony. It is the testimony sustained by the Spirit of the living God. We have that testimony. Oh, and where that spirit is present, there is power, there is freedom. It's the same identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8, 11. That spirit defines us. We are to be driven by that spirit, Galatians 5, 16, to be filled with that spirit, Ephesians 5, 18. We are temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. We are that. It's that testimony that will always be greater than Jezebel's threat. The spirit of God inside of you is greater than anything hell has declared upon you. Jezebel's threat will never be greater than your testimony because you have the mantle of the spirit Number two the mantle of drought fire and rain somebody say drought fire and rain The mantle was not just anything it embodied Represented prophetic spiritual authority. It was his testimony that mantle was on Elijah in 1st Kings 17 1 when he exercised holy authority and unleashed a drought 1st Kings 18 38 when he prayed down fire 1st Kings 18 41 when he shouted here comes the rain Drought, fire, and rain. So I'm going to ask you, especially in light of what happened in the past couple of years here, if you've been through at least one serious, measurable drought in your life, a dry season, a hard season, raise one hand. You've been through a couple of droughts in your life, and you know it. You may be going through one right now. Raise both hands. You've been through so many droughts, you've lost count. As it pertains to how many droughts you've been through, raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many droughts, right now, if I go on my iPhone, and if I Google the word drought, the algorithm would automatically take me you to your Instagram account. <laughs> drought, drought, drought. But here's an interesting thing. People want to go from drought to rain without going through the fire. Let me repeat that. You can't bypass the process. The same God of the process is the God of the outcome. So you can't bypass the process. People want to go from drought to rain without going through the fire. The fire season in our lives, all of us, who have a prophetic mandate. We all go through drought, fire, and rain. That fire season is not what you think. I grew up in a Latino Pentecostal church. So we, so we would sing a song, Manda fuego, Señor, manda fuego, Señor, which means what? Manda fuego, Señor, manda fuego, Señor. <laughs> Download Rosetta Stone or get the anointing right now and get the get So I, what that song is to send your fire, Lord. Andre Crouch, who I love, would sing, Lord, send your fire. Well, yeah, I got news for you. The fire of God doesn't make you dance. The fire of God makes you get on your knees in repentance. The fire of God is a sanctifying fire. It's a purifying fire. The fire of God, Matthew 3, 11, the fire of God is a kind of fire where, where God removes things from inside of you. And even on many occasions, I've been through it, he will remove people from around you that, will, that would have held back the fulfillment of his purpose in your life. So I have, now here comes the question. If you've been through the drought and you've been through the fire, then if I were you, I would put a smile on your face because the next thing coming your way, I'm going to say that one more time for the hearing impaired. The next thing coming your way 
If your family's been through the drought, if your family's been through the fire, the next thing coming your way is nothing less than abundant rain. If you believe it, lift up your hands and shout, here comes the rain. If you really believe it, lift up both hands and shout, here comes the rain. Here comes the rain. The drought will reveal you. The fire will refine you. The rain will refresh you. Ezekiel 34, 26, they, there will be showers of blessing that cannot be stopped. Little side note, those that prayed with you in the drought deserve to dance with you in the rain. It is the mantle, the testimony of speaking truth with love. 1 Kings 18, 24. And call upon the name of your God, I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers with fuego is the real God. Here it is. I want you to hear me. We have to juxtapose our testimony. Put it right next to Jezebel's threat. What will guide you? What will define you? What does that mean? One of the most critical moments, it is a Netflix series. If you think about it. The whole Elijah on Mount Carmel, that's just fire right there. That's literally amazing production. I mean, I mean from, a, from a producer's perspective, man, that right there is amazing. Elijah comes along. He says, enough is enough. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. That's it. Go up. Let's meet. So he meets Ahab. The people of Israel gather. 1 Kings 18, 21, one of the most tragic verses in all of the Bible. Elijah comes along and says, all right, let's do this. People, make up your minds. Will you serve the God of Ahab and Jezebel? Or will you serve the God of our fathers? And the Bible says, one of the most tragic, heart-wrenching scriptures. The Bible says that God's people, Israel, said nothing. They were politically correct. They didn't choose Ahab. They just didn't choose. That's just political correctness. Back in 2016, in my first rodeo with this church, I shared with you the following. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. We're there once again. We find ourselves right now going, for God, God's people, which side will you choose? Which side will you choose? It's, and then you hear this, then you hear, oh, Pastor Sam, but there's so many things going on. All we need to do is preach about love. And listen. I want you to hear me. If all we do is talk about love, we are nothing more than California hippies. If all we do, on the other hand, is speak truth, we are nothing more than mathematicians. But the moment we speak truth in love, truth with love, truth for love, we are disciples of Christ advancing the kingdom of heaven. And as a result, we will change the world with the testimony, with the mantle Elijah spoke up. Silence is not an option. We really need the Elijahs and the Elijahs to rise up and declare to a broken world, only God can make something out of nothing. Genesis 1.1. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Isaiah 43.19. Only God can show up and restore things. Like the damage never happened. Luke 22.51. Let me illustrate something. Let me have um, Pastor Joe come up here. Help me here. Help me out here, here. Real quick here, buddy. Oh, buddy, oh, buddy, oh, pal. 
Come here, sunshine. <laughs> Hold this microphone here for a second. This is a book I wrote. You are next. Some of y'all have it. Let me just, this is, you know, God blessed it, made it into a bestseller, praise the Lord, and passed the ammunition. Here we go. The identity of the believer. The identity of the believer. Here it is. Yep. The identity of the believer. Boom. Mm -hmm. No laughing matter. Boom. Show me a sign. Here's a sign. <laughs> the problem with why. Why am I doing this? Just out of reach. Mm -hmm. Here it is. This book will be discounted after the service. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Pastor Joe. You're awesome. Um, so I just ripped some pages off from, from this book, and it, it's a great book, and, and, and I prayed through it, and God gave me a word, and, 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 and God blessed it. Um, it. Yeah, all of that. And, but me ripping pages from my book will probably do zero to nothing as it pertains to building a firewall against the advances of Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal, to be very forthright. Great book, God blessed it, but it's not. I need a Bible. I need an old school Bible, not the digital version, but Nancy, what do you have there? Can I get a bigger one? Sorry, size matters. Um, City Impacts Church School. I don't know whose Bible, whose Bible is this? Oh boy, it's going to get awkward. Well, here's the Bible. Here's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to do the same thing. The same thing. So, with great due deference, my friend may not be my friend after this illustration, but I'm just going to go through because there are chapters that the vast majority, according to a recent survey, the vast majority of evangelical pastors committed to biblical orthodoxy, there are chapters that we ignore because they're so controversial. So, if we're ignoring them, might as well rip them off, right? I mean, there are things that we just don't talk about because we're, we're afraid of losing followers and likes and the political ramifications and repercussions and being called different names. So I'm just, there are different things we could rip off. So if you don't mind, for example, Romans chapter one, um, let's rip it off. Why not? I mean, very few pastors preach about it, you know, so, and, um, so, so let's just, Romans chapter one, where are you? Romanos capitulo uno. There you are. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so I just need somebody to encourage me. I'm going to rip this thing off. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, you don't, you want me to rip it? You don't want me to rip it? Then why do we live like some of the pages are missing? Why do we live like some of the pages are missing? Why do we even pray like some of the pages are missing? Why do we worship like some of the pages are missing? Why do we raise our children like some of the pages are missing? Why do we, why do some of us vote like some of the pages are missing? If we are to defeat Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal, we have to preach the full gospel. We have to preach the word. 
We have to preach the whole word and nothing but the word. So help us, God, if you believe it, shout like you know it. Preach the word, live the word, teach the word, do the word. Stand with me. You are standing. This is a wham, bam, thank you, Sam. What do I mean by that? As you stand with me, watch this. We're done. Because I want to minister here in a second. We can't. Why do we live like some of these pages are missing? Why do we act? Why do we give like some of the pages are missing? Why do we interact with society and culture and politics like some of the pages are missing? Why? If we want to defeat Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal, we have to preach the word in and out of season, the whole word. The truth about Jesus being the only way. The truth about the beautiful design of God's holy sexuality for his children. The truth about gender, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Final point, as you stand, it is the mantle of when heaven starts it. Hell cannot stop it. A testimony that empowers you to preach the truth with love will always be greater than any of Jezebel's threats. So, Jezebel tweets. Because Elijah went up there and said, this is it. I'm not going to water this down. The real God, whoof, and hashtag best day ever. And then Jezebel tweeted, I want your undivided attention. I'm going to ask you questions here. Just follow the logical continuum, some sort of coherency regarding behavior. Let me explain. This guy just prayed, Elijah. Three years back, boom, pray, boom, with the drought. But then he prayed of fire, and then he prayed rain. I mean, God answers this guy's prayers. Think about it, drought, fire, and rain, anything. Well, God, woo, great. All of a sudden, Jezebel tweets. You're going to die in 24 hours. She said, in 24 hours, you will be dead. She prophesied. <laughs> All right, so he gets the message, right? It says that she sent the message to the prophet, the Bible says. So you would assume if you're Elijah and you get the message in our context for the sake of modern day contextualization and the emerging generation, the tweet. Oh, like, how would you respond? You would go like, what? Dude, I prayed for a drought. Drought. I prayed for fire. Fire. Prayed for rain. Rain. Jezebel tweeted. Right? You would assume. It's logical, right? Jezebel's tweet, what? My testimony's greater than her threat. Like, all I have to do is, and God goes, so, woo, big deal. No! You know what Elijah does when he gets the threat, the tweet? He freaks out. For all those from seminary, that is, he freaked out. 
He literally fought with fear, depression, and anxiety. He abandoned the ministry, ended up under a solitary broom tree where God had to feed him and tell him to rest. He subsequently ends up in the side of a cave where God shows up, do your biblical due diligence, and literally says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Hey guys, when God asks what you're doing there, you're lost. <sighs> that really happened. I'm going to tell you why it happened. It happens because the battle is between your mind and your mantle. Lift up your hands. There is a battle. I sense an anointing right now. The battle is between your mind and your mantle. The battle is between the thoughts in your head and the calling upon your life. The battle is between anxiety and anointing. It is between drama and destiny. The battle is between your memories and your imagination. Huh? The battle is between the hell in your past and the hope for your future. But how many here already know? Not how many feel, not how many think, not how many aspire, but how many know the battle has already been won. First Corinthians 15, 57. Christ is our victory. Let nothing move you. So Jezebel says, I swear by my gods in 24 hours. Here's the story. This is the conclusion here. 20, he's freaking out, but here's what happened. 24 hours passed. Elijah, the man of the mantle, the man of the testimony, Elijah did not die. Are there any questions? 48 hours passed. Elijah did not die. 72 hours passed. Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a week passed? Elijah did not die. A month passed. Elijah did not die. A, a, 10 years passed. Elijah did not what if I tell you a hundred years, wait a minute, a hundred, yeah, a hundred years passed, Elijah did not, right, what if I tell you a thousand years passed, Elijah did not, what if I tell you it's been approximately 2,800 years since Jezebel posted her tweet, and guess who has yet to die? you understand what this means? 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 11 says that Elijah and Elisha were walking together when a chariot of fire came in between them. A whirlwind took him up and he never died. The next time we see Elijah, the next time we see Elijah, the next time we see Elijah, he's taking a selfie with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Hey, Jezebel, guess where I am today? What does that mean for you and your family and your calling? I don't care what hell has declared upon you. It doesn't matter what Jezebel has declared upon you. It doesn't matter what all the gates of hell have unleashed against you. When heaven starts it, hell can not stop it. If you believe it, praise like you believe it. Lift up your hands. 
Here's the word of the Lord. I even wrote some stuff down that prophetically speaking. The opposite will take place. Repeat after me. The opposite will take place. Repeat after me. Whatever hell has declared upon me my calling, my purpose, my family, my generation, my nation, the opposite will take place. I don't know if you understand what you just said. That means get ready. Our prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home. Get ready. We are about to see more people saved than ever before in human history. Let me say it again. I said it last year in the hologram. The next thing to fill the nations will not be COVID-20, 21, or 22. The next thing to fill New Zealand and the nations will be the glory of the living God. Because when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. If you believe it, raise your hands. No joke. The opposite will take place. The because your testimony will always be greater than the threat. The opposite will take place. How many actually believe the opposite will take place? How do you know? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. He is faithful to protect you from all harm and all evil. The opposite will take place. Luke 137, the word of God never fails. Lift up your hands if you believe that. The opposite will take place. Hebrews 10:23. Rest assured that God is faithful to keep his promise. Somebody shout, the opposite will take place. Because when your integrity is more important than your influence, nothing can stop you. When you are driven by anointing rather than ambition, nothing can stop you. When your hunger for righteousness is greater than your fear of criticism, nothing can stop you. When you exchange your trauma for a testimony, nothing can stop you. And here it is, City Impact. When your praise is louder than your pain, Let me say that one more time. When your praise speaks louder than your pain. When your praise speaks louder than your pain. Nothing can stop you. Are there any Elijahs and Elijahs in the house? We're done? We're done. Lift up your hands. Here's a word, it is prophetic, all of this is, biblically substantiated, but I wrote it, it's, it's for this house, it, it, it's just fresh, I was in the room and I wrote it and here it goes, I'm just gonna share it with you. I just with the Spirit of God and, and I was in my church last Sunday, Spirit of God quickened me, what took place in America regarding the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Here's what I heard the Lord say, just like abortion was overturned in America because the church never gave up and Christians continued to just declare and Christians would rise up. I, I, heard the, I really heard the Lord say, and I say that with fear and trembling. I heard the Lord say, I have the power to overturn what the enemy believed was permanently established. 
I have the final word. Somebody shout, he has the final word. I hear the Lord say, I will overturn the stigma. I will overturn the medical report. I will overturn the negative bank account. I will overturn what the enemy declared was permanent. And the Lord says, I am the God that overturns and I cannot be overruled. If you receive that, raise your hands. Pastor Joe, do we have that real quick? Elijah's greatest accomplishment, arguably speaking, was not praying in a drought, praying down for fire, or praying forth rain. His greatest accomplishment was the transfer of his mantle to the next generation. Who does that? Who passes the mantle with the expectation that you will do greater things? I need you both to come up here. I just need to do something that the Spirit of God guided me to do, so if you don't mind, both of you. By coincidence, I happen to have a mantle here today. Just, hello, plow pusher. <laughs> so Jezebel threatens. And yet, Elijah, because God is merciful, comes out of the cave with a nice little rebuke from God Almighty, which in essence, parenthetically speaking, says the following, Get over it. Okay, that's rough. And he passes the mantle over. Elisha was not binging on Netflix. Elisha was not swiping. Elisha was pushing a plow. First Kings 19, 19. If you've never pushed a plow, do not expect to carry the mantle. The plow of perseverance will always lead to the mantle of promotion. Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary of doing what is right. In God's appointed time, at the appropriate time, you will reap a harvest of blessings with the caveat if you do not give up. Have you ever heard Elisha referred to as the plow pusher? He's always referred to, especially in charismatic circles, as the inheritor of the double portion right? You will not be defined by what you've been pushing. You will be defined by what you carry from heaven. So this is all I want you to do. I want you to draw closer because you, you're, you're Elijah. You have an Elijah mantle. You're, you're spiritual moms and dads. And what's happening here is not by coincidence, it's by divine appointment. But you're, you're, and we love Pastor Joe and what he embodies. But what you're transferring a mantle. You've been through a journey. You've been through hell. You've been attacked. You're a lion in New Zealand, man. 
everything. All, how many times has Jezebel threatened you? How many tweets? How many DMs? If you're over 50, a DM, forget about it, it's a DM. <laughs> and yet here you are. Here you are for such a time as this. So you're not just releasing Pastor Joel and Raquel. I, I, I love that, to be lead pastors with this legendary, iconic church. You're actually just placing a mantle upon an emerging generation that's already emerged for that generation not to do the same thing, but to do greater things. So let me prophesy, more people will be saved, more people will be delivered, more people will be healed, more people will be baptized in the Holy Spirit than ever before in City Impact's history. If you believe it, shout like you believe it. So can you come here real quick? Here's what we're gonna do. When I say now, I want you to place your mantle. Raquel, where's Raquel? Raquel, por favor, sube para arriba, por favor, hija. Did Elijah transfer over his fear, anxiety, or depression? Everything he went through in 1 Kings 19 after the second verse? Did he? No. He transferred his what? Lift up your hands. I'll repeat this for the umpteenth time. Your children will not inherit your sins. Your children and your children's children will inherit your mantles in Jesus' name. If you believe that, shout amen. So when I say now, I want you to put that mantle, just in it's symbolic, but it's prophetic. And even in this wonderful, nation of New Zealand. There's, I mean, Pastor Paul recently, there's just this incredible season of the transfer of the mantle over to the next generation, to the modern day Elijah's. They're going to do great things. Can I, you all listen to me. You're going to get the mantle. You're going to get this. I want you to hear me. But even, they're still, they're still here. So watch this. They, they haven't been raptured. They're still around. Which means it is your responsibility to go with them to Gilgal. Go to Gilgal. Discover the altar, the roots. Remember what God did. If he did it before, he can do it again. Follow them to Bethel. Always reminding you that in the hard place, God will always give you a vision and a ladder. Go to Jericho, and that will remind both of you. You will declare that your children will walk upon the ruins of what comes down in your generation. And end up in the Jordan. And when you get to the Jordan, you're going to just strike the Jordan and say, if you did it for Pastor Peter and Pastor Beth, you can do it for us. Make a way where there is no way. So with the count of three, we have a lot of people here and, 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 and time is of the essence. I don't know how we're going to do this. But if any of you need to let go of your plow and begin to walk with your mantle, if you're ready to be driven and defined by your testimony and not Jezebel's tweet, I need you to come out of your seat right now and join me somewhere in the aisle somewhere here. Only if that's you. You don't have to. But if there's a plow you've been pushing and you're saying, Pastor Sam, today is the day I'm letting go of my plow. I'm going to carry my mantle, which means I'm going to the mantle of the Spirit, the mantle of drought, fire, and rain, the mantle of speaking truth with love. 
the mantle of when heaven starts it hell cannot stop it that that's God is telling you rise up this is a clarion call for all the Elijah's every single Elijah in the room this is your season your hour so come out of your seat right now come out of your seat and get ready to do greater things here we go here we go here we go We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. Come on out. Come on out. For the sake of your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. Here we go. Make room. Make room. Make room. There's still people coming down. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. I'm going to ask Pastor Peter and Pastor Bev in a moment to put the mantle upon Pastor Joe and Pastor Raquel. Listen to me carefully. When I say one, I want all of you to get, grab a hold of your plow. A plow. The plow of perseverance will always lead to the mantle of promotion. So if you've been pushing that plow on good days and bad days, sunny days and rainy days, just like Elisha, with the exception of the day of rest, would have to push that plow. You've been pushing and grinding and pushing and grinding. And then God says, there's a season to push the plow, but then comes a season to carry the mantle. This is for you. You've been pushing in your thoughts, in your life, in your relationship, in your calling, in your ministry. And now God says, watch. There's a fresh infusion of the Holy Spirit that will define you for the rest of your life. That plow could be old successes. It could be old wineskins. It could be old systems. It could be a season where you must, you were required to push that plow. But God says, there's a time to push the plow. And then there's a time to carry the mantle. And here it is. When I say one, I want you to go like this and just grab a hold of your plow. When I say two, I want you to go like this, but with a smile. <laughs> like something amazing is coming your way. What's coming your way is so great that it will prompt Jezebel to pick up her anti-anxiety medication. <laughs> What's coming your way is so great, so great. So you need to just smile. And it's coming upon you and your family and your calling and your church and your community. And then when I say three, I want you to go like this, which means you're letting go of the plow. Take one step forward and give God the best absolute praise you have given him in the past two and a half years. Letting him know that your praise is louder than your pain. Watch God show up. So here we go. When I say three, Pastor Peter, Pastor Bev, place the mantle upon them. It's coming down upon them. An entire generation of Elijah's who will literally change the world. The contaminated waters of Jericho, a.k.a. Auckland, a.k.a. all of New Zealand. The contaminated waters will be will be the waters will be redeemed in the name of Jesus you're gonna speak to the Shunammites to the Shunammite women you're gonna speak to the Shunammite generation and you will say by this time next year everything will be different in your life the axe head everything that's been lost you're going to speak into it, and God's going to restore relationships and marriages and ministries and callings. So here we go. Ready? One. Grab a hold of your plow. Tell your neighbor, move over. My plow is pretty big. Some of y'all have been pushing for a long time. 
Sometimes you push the plow and sometimes the plow pushes you. Here we go. Two. Something amazing is coming your way. It's glory upon glory, grace upon grace. There's a fresh anointing coming your way that will define you for the rest of your life. God's not done with you. Here we go, here we go. Here we go, are you ready? You're gonna live and preach and grow like none of the pages are missing. Ready? One, two, one, two, three. your mantle of promotion today raise your hand if you are fully cognizant of the fact that your testimony will always be greater than Jezebel's tweet raise both hands and if you know that you know that you know that when heaven starts it hell cannot stop it give God one more shout of praise in this place If you receive this word, raise your hand. Come here. Come here. Your spiritual sons and daughters, this is going to sound a little bit awkward for some, but whatever. Your spiritual sons and daughters will impact nations around the world beyond your wildest dreams. The legacy of faith, this mantle, will bring forth generations, I'm telling you, because you said yes, because you confronted Ahab on top of the mountain, because when others were silent, you refused to be silent. You will see you will see, you will see, you will see, you will see. 40 years, you will see the fulfillment of God's promises exceedingly abundantly above all, anything and everything you could ever imagine or ask for. Watch God, watch God show up. I love you, I respect you, I honor you. Then here's my prayer upon you. May the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit 
believe it or not, even though it sounds ridiculous, make this upcoming season the absolute, it's gonna sound ridiculous, the absolute greatest season of your life. In Jesus' name, there's a new anointing even upon you for this new chapter. In Jesus' name, receive it. In Jesus' name, we love you. God bless you. God keep you. The best is yet to come.